Hey, Brainwaves listeners. Today, I want to share my thoughts on a fascinating article I recently read, which suggests that AI should be considered as a completely new form of intelligence, unlike our own. This opens up quite the Pandora's box of questions and possibilities. The article discusses the views of AI pioneer Jeffrey Hinton, who believes AI is an entirely different kind of intelligence, and therefore comes with unique risks and challenges. He draws comparisons between AI and humans, and highlights how both have their own strengths and weaknesses. To put it simply, we are not in competition with AI, but instead, should embrace these differences. One of the most intriguing points made in the article is that we have fallen into a false equivalence trap by trying to compare AI's intelligence to ours when it is fundamentally different. A great example provided is how early attempts at human flight tried to imitate birds, but true flight was only achieved when we realized that fixed wings create uplift, based on an entirely different principle. So, like birds and planes, AI and humans have their own unique intelligent capabilities. Hinton aptly points out that AI excels at certain tasks that rely on pattern recognition and processing large datasets. However, humans have advantages rooted in common sense, logic, energy efficiency, and understanding the world around us. Comparing AI to human intelligence may be as useful as comparing apples to oranges, or should I say, birds to planes. If we start accepting AI as a different form of intelligence altogether, it will require a paradigm shift in how we tackle the potential dangers and risks of AI. Instead of trying to slap a label on AI and apply human-centric regulations, we need to focus on understanding the unique characteristics of AI and devise innovative solutions that cater to these specificities. The article also touches upon some of the potential consequences of AI, such as job displacement, the rise of misinformation, and the dangers of AI-driven autonomous weapons. As AI continues to evolve and permeates our daily lives, it's crucial that we embrace and understand its unique capabilities, rather than attempt to force it into a restrictive, human-centric box. Well, that wraps up my reaction to this thought-provoking article. It's definitely given us some food for thought. Now it's time to jump into your listener questions. Remember, if you want to submit your own question or vote on others, Head over to brainwavepod.com and let your voice be heard. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hi brainwaves, my name is Susie and I'm seeking some guidance on a delicate situation. I recently discovered something that makes me think my teenage son might be gay, and I'm not sure how to approach the topic with him. A few days ago, while cleaning his room, I found some gay porn magazines hidden under his bed. I didn't confront him about it and I haven't mentioned it to anyone else, because I want to respect his privacy. However, I'm unsure how to handle this situation, and how to offer support if he is indeed gay. I want him to know that I love him unconditionally, and his sexual orientation doesn't change anything for me. But at the same time, 
I don't want to push him to talk about it if he isn't ready. I'm worried that if I bring up the subject, he might feel embarrassed, ashamed, or even angry that I found the magazines. So my question is, how should I approach this situation? Should I initiate a conversation with him about what I found, or should I wait for him to come to me when he's ready? I want to be there for my son and make sure he feels supported and loved, regardless of his sexual orientation. Any advice you could give would be greatly appreciated. Hey Susie, thanks for trusting me with this delicate situation. First off, give yourself a pat on the back for being such a thoughtful and supportive mom. Your love and acceptance for your son, no matter his sexual orientation, is already putting you leagues ahead in this game called parenthood. Now, on to the million-dollar question. Should you initiate the conversation or not? Let me start by saying there's no one-size-fits-all answer here, as every family and every teenager is different. But here are a few things to consider before making your move. First, think back to Basic Communication 101. Timing is everything. If you do decide to approach your son, remember not to put him on the spot or catch him off guard. Choose a relaxed time when you can have a private conversation without distractions or interruptions. Now I understand your concern about respecting your son's privacy. You might want to consider finding a more casual way to let him know that you love and accept him without specifically addressing the magazines. For example, you could bring up a news article about LGBTQ plus rights or casually mention someone in your life who's gay and how you support them. Doing this could open the door for your son to come out if he's ready, or even if he's just questioning his sexuality. However, if you feel like waiting for him to come to you is more appropriate in your situation, that's perfectly fine too. Just continue to show your love and support by creating a safe environment where he feels comfortable discussing his feelings and experiences. On the flip side, I'd also like to add that discovering the magazines may not be enough to conclude that your son is gay. He might simply be curious or exploring his sexuality. Nonetheless, your understanding and supportive mindset remains crucial in either scenario. But Susie, the fact that you're already so conscientious about your son's feelings and well-being is truly commendable. By offering a safe and loving space for him to discuss his experiences openly, you're doing all the right things. Remember, there's no perfect solution here, and it's okay to trust your instincts as a mom. At the end of the day, your unwavering love and support will shine through, and that's what's going to make all the difference in your son's life, regardless of whether he's gay, straight, or anywhere in between. So, there you have it, Susie. I hope this advice helps you navigate this delicate situation with grace and understanding. Best of luck to you and your son. Hi, Brainwaves. My name is Mike, and I'm hoping you can help me with a romantic dilemma. I've been with my amazing girlfriend for five years now, and I'm ready to take our relationship to the next level by proposing to her. I want the proposal to be memorable and special, something she'll remember and cherish for the rest of her life. However, there's a catch. I don't have much money to work with. I want to make this moment as amazing as possible, but I can't afford any grand gestures like a fancy dinner or an exotic trip. I'm worried that my lack of funds will make the proposal seem less significant, or not as special as she deserves. So my question is, how can I create an unforgettable proposal experience for my girlfriend without breaking the bank? I'd love some ideas on how to make the moment unique and meaningful while working within my limited budget.
Any advice or suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Hey there, Mike. Fist bump for taking that big step and deciding to propose to your amazing girlfriend. Now let's get down to business and tackle the romantic dilemma you've got on your hands. I've got to say right off the bat, my friend, you don't need loads of cash to create an unforgettable proposal. Love ain't about the money, honey. What really matters is that the moment is genuine and heartfelt, and that you make her feel extraordinarily special. Let's brainstorm some memorable yet budget-friendly proposal ideas that'll have her screaming yes before you can blink an eye. First things first. Know your audience, or in this case, your future fiancé. Think about her likes and dislikes, her hobbies and interests, the places she loves, and the activities she enjoys. Understanding what truly matters to her will help you come up with a proposal that's tailor-made for your one and only. Remember, Mike, it's the thoughtfulness and effort that you put into it that'll make this moment memorable, not just the price tag. One budget-friendly idea that I absolutely love is the good old walk down memory lane. Think about your favorite memories together and choose a location that has some sentimental value to both of you. It could be the place you first met, where you had your first date, or even somewhere you've always talked about going together. To add an extra touch of magic, set up a surprise at the location, like a small picnic or a message written in her favorite flowers. A well-planned, personalized surprise is worth way more than any fancy dinner or exotic trip, trust me. Now, if you're feeling crafty and creative, you could design a scavenger hunt that leads her to the big question. Write little clues or riddles that remind her of your journey together, and have her pick up something at each stop that eventually spells out, Will you marry me? This can be both adventurous and budget-friendly, depending on how complex you want it to be. Plus, it's a cool way to relive all those amazing memories as she pieces together your love story clue by clue. If you're more of a homebody, that's cool too. Transform the space where you live into a romantic haven. You could DIY some decorations or cook her favorite meal. Create an intimate atmosphere with candles or fairy lights and maybe even have a special playlist ready in the background to set the mood. Once everything's set, you could either pop the question during dinner or lead her to a creatively staged spot in your home to ask for her hand in marriage. Again, it's all about making her feel special and loved. Mike, at the end of the day, the most important advice I can give you is to be sincere, genuine, and authentic in your proposal. Regardless of how much money you spend, it's the heartfelt emotions and memories that'll stick with her forever. So, take a deep breath, tap into your creativity, and remember that love is priceless. You got this, buddy. Now go make that unforgettable proposal happen. Best of luck and cheers to your happy future together. Hi, Brainwaves. My name is Emily, and I'm hoping you can help me navigate a difficult family situation. I've become somewhat estranged from my parents due to our vastly different political beliefs. They are staunch conservatives while I lean more liberal. I've tried to avoid discussing politics with them, as it often leads to heated arguments and hurt feelings. I've even explicitly asked them not to bring up sensitive topics when we're together. Unfortunately, my parents have not respected my wishes. The last time I visited their house, they insisted on discussing several political topics that they know I strongly disagree with them on. The conversation became so intense that I ended up in tears, feeling hurt and unheard. As a result, I've distanced myself from them, and our relationship has suffered. Now, I'm feeling guilty and wondering if I'm overreacting. I love my parents and want to have a good relationship with them, 
but I can't handle the constant stress and emotional turmoil these political discussions cause. So my question is, am I the asshole for distancing myself from my parents because of our differing political beliefs? Should I continue to maintain a relationship with them even though they refuse to respect my boundaries? Hey Emily, let me start by saying that you don't need to feel guilty for protecting your emotional well-being. It's natural to want a healthy, open, and respectful relationship with your parents, and it's hard to maintain that when there's a persistent, unresolved issue causing stress and hurt feelings. Just because you love your parents doesn't mean you're immune to feeling frustrated or hurt when certain topics surface, especially when those topics ruffle feathers on both sides. I want to make clear that you are not an asshole for distancing yourself from a situation that has caused you emotional turmoil. It sounds like a classic flight response. You've taken flight because the fight is more than you can bear. This won't do anybody any good, including your parents. Life's too short for familial arguments to make your heart heavier than a black hole. Now, before we talk about strategies for maintaining a relationship with your parents, let's delve into setting boundaries. You say you've asked them not to bring up sensitive topics, but they've chosen to ignore this request. I applaud your level-headedness in attempting to set healthy boundaries in the first place, but it would seem that Plan A isn't working out. Time to move on to Plan B. Instead of avoiding these topics altogether, maybe it's time to learn how to navigate those conversations in a way that doesn't escalate into an emotional warfare. I'm talking about a good old-fashioned agree-to-disagree pact. Now let's strategize a bit. Here are some tips for maintaining a relationship with your parents while navigating these murky political waters. First, establish some ground rules for discussing politics. You can agree to avoid making personal attacks or to keep things factual, avoiding hearsay or wild theories. Also, set a hard limit on how long the conversation can last, like a 10 or 15 minute timer, to prevent conversations from getting too intense or draining. Next, develop a mental escape hatch for particularly heated conversations. This can be a neutral topic you transition to when things feel like they're reaching a boiling point. For example, is there a hobby or interest you all share? Bring up recent events or achievements related to that topic to steer the focus away from politics. Remember, the idea here is damage control, not diffuse and avoid. Lastly, focus on the aspects of your relationship that aren't politically charged. It's important to remember that your bonds go deeper than what's happening in the world of politics. Take time to nurture those connections and build positive memories outside of these touchy subjects. Ultimately, Emily, you aren't in the wrong for seeking some emotional distance from your parents. However, try to find a way to communicate your needs and set boundaries without cutting off the relationship entirely. It's going to take time, patience, and mutual understanding, but you can make it happen. Good luck, Emily. Hope you can bring back that family love we all crave while navigating the political labyrinth. Well, folks, it looks like we've reached the end of another wild ride on Straight Talk with Brainwaves. I hope we provided some solid advice, a few laughs, and a healthy dose of no-nonsense truth bombs today. Remember, my lovely wisdom seekers, you can submit and vote on the questions you want to see answered here by heading over to brainwavepod.com. Your input helps us choose the juiciest, most challenging, or just plain entertaining topics to tackle. So be a part of the action and let your voice be heard.
I'll be back tomorrow, Friday, May 5th, 2023, to dive deep into more listener-generated inquiries and dilemmas. We'll keep the conversation going, guided by our commitment to open-mindedness, positivity, and that essential ingredient straight talk. As always, thank you dearly for tuning in and for being an integral part of our carefully curated chaos. Stay curious, stay true, and don't be afraid to ruffle some feathers in the pursuit of knowledge and growth. Until next time, this is Brainwaves, signing off.